Hello guys, welcome back to the Absolute Truth Podcast. My name is Abby and today we have an extremely special guest here with us today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, hello everyone. My name is Bernice, aka Queen Burr, because I'm the daughter of the Most High. So yes, I consider myself royalty. Period. (laughs) And um, today we're going to be talking about... um, The concept or the saying that I hear often about how a lot of young people will get more serious with God later on in their adulthood. And the title of this podcast will most likely be Laugh Now, Cry Later. So um, before we start, to you, Burr, what does it really mean to like, when when you hear people say, I'll get more serious about God later, like what, what comes to your head when you first hear that phrase? Um, when I hear that phrase, I think of like, let me play now. And then when I have no strength or I'm done playing, then I can get serious. Yeah. Um, I think like when I like first of all like it goes back to what people view as what serious is like everyone thinks serious is they have a general um, idea of what serious is but it varies from person to person mm-hmm. yeah and to me when I hear that phrase it's more like like you said it's just like I want to have on my foot now and then um, I'll get more serious later and to me that means that the person doesn't really believe that there is joy or there's this type of like fun mentality you can have while being in a Christ-like mentality. So I think that's something that needs to be addressed kind of like as we're growing up. So um, why don't you think many people, especially young people, don't want to get serious about God in their walk? Or why do you think that they believe that they have to wait later in life when they're more mature in order to get more serious in their relationship with God? Um, okay, so before I answer that, like going back to, cause I, um, in order for me to answer that, I think I have to also touch up on um, something about the seriousness. So if you don't mind, let me just touch about, touch up on that real quickly. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what does serious mean? So to be serious is like acting or speaking sincerely and in an earnest, um, rather than in a joking, like half-hearted manner. So, in other words, like serious means to be like intentional or to make it your highest priority. So, if if you're serious with God, it means you're making God your number one priority, and um, everything else becomes second. So, in taking God serious, God seriously, you're making Him a priority like I said and in doing so you're acknowledging him um you value what he has to say and he's not like someone you take for granted because he plays such a crucial role in your life um I think of it as like a mentor and a mentee type of relationship whereas a mentee values the opinions and the advice of their mentor and aspire to follow in their footsteps or need or heed to their guidance in um, becoming a better version of themselves so um so being serious with god means total surrender in a sense like to be fully committed like you can't have 
like that that whole saying like you can't have your cake and eat it too mm-hmm. like that phrase used to like trip me up i'm like what do you mean i can't have my cake and eat it too but it's simply is simply saying that you can't have the best of both worlds like yeah um like revelation chapter 3 verse 15 to 16 tells us that like you're either cold or you're hot mm-hmm. um and if you're lukewarm he's going to spit you out because or other translations say to vomit you out because like everyone likes stability well i hope i hope so but everyone likes the stability and no one wants to be associated with someone that's wishy-washy like i'm with you one day i'm not with you the other day and all that stuff so uh what's it called it comes back to the whole idea of dying to yourself and i feel like a lot of people find that really scary that whole idea of dying to yourself Mm -hmm. but it's important to understand that dying to yourself does not mean you do not matter or that your desires are bad but it means like dying to our selfish ways because as human beings are selfish we're selfish by nature but when we take god seriously and die to ourselves or our selfish ways we are acknowledging him and accepting his will over our life. Like we know, we know ourselves, but like God knows us better. And I think like it's in Matthew, Matthew chapter seven, where God says like our earthly parents, like who are also selfish and evil in their own way, are able to give us good gifts. So him who is our heavenly Father, like what can he not give you? And I feel like that's what people really need to understand. So like to some of the whole serious thing, like I feel like to be serious with God is to be intentional, mm-hmm. um, make him the highest priority, totally surrender and die into your selfish nature. Because um, the famous John chapter three, verse 30, he must increase, but I must decrease. Is that type of mentality. Yeah, and I think that's very well said about kind of a, what, is, what does it even mean to get serious with God? And I think that sometimes I used to also have this mentality too by you thinking that you're you have a serious relationship with God I think sometimes we think that it's like oh I have to be perfect but that's not really what it is I think it's kind of like just acknowledging the fact that you are a sinner and understanding that your ways are not the your ways are not righteous and his ways are more better and more righteous than yours and just to submit yourself under his will and what he considers righteous and living your life according to the way that he wants you to live it's not really about living perfect but it's more like living in according to the way that he wants you to live in and so I just want to read Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. And it says, Remember now your creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come, and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun and the light, the moon and the stars are not darkened, and the clouds do not return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble, and the strong men bow down, when the grinders cease because they are few, and those that look through the windows grow dim. So basically over here, I believe Solomon actually writes Ecclesiastes. So I believe that what he's trying to say is that remember your God in days of your youth before one, you don't even have the energy to serve God 
as if you were serving him as you were young and you know your bones grow weak and your sight gets dim before you lose all this passion and energy remember the days remember in your young days god and really it's kind of like bringing me back to the bible verse that says when you train up a child in the way that they should be trained then they will never depart from it so again like when you instill these certain values in yourself when you're young it becomes a part of you as you grow older right yeah so i had i did a little like interview kind of and i kind of got why different phrases with different answers about why people may not want to get serious about god at this moment while they are young and some people said how living a godly life may seem boring so do you want to kind of address that or okay so yeah so <laughs> that always makes me laugh um because what is fun in the world like if if it's drinking you drink but then it wears off if it's getting high you smoke and then that wears off so is that whole idea that they um in believing that they're having fun but they don't understand that their happiness is only temporary like it's not sustainable mm-hmm. um so um with that whole idea i believe like is a false reality mm-hmm. um that people have portrayed for themselves to um have an excuse for what they do saying that oh they're happy they're living their best lives but at the end of the day when you retreat back to your quiet place or when you're alone it's like you're constantly needing reassurance needing um needing to be fueled to be happy once again so is that really happiness is that really true happiness mm-hmm. and then like what's it called i think there's four things that like go into the whole um idea of why young people nowadays don't really want to get serious with god or they want to wait until they're later um the first one that like i think of is like what we talked about already like the notion of having time like for some reason um we have this mentality that um as young people we believe we have all the time in the world that tomorrow is promised um they want to enjoy the youth and then retire with God so they see God as a retirement plan but James um 4 verse 13 to 17 tells us that um come down come down you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city spend a year there buy and sell and make a profit whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow for what is your life it is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away so this whole idea and notion of having time is not realistic because yeah. when uh, it's only by God's grace that we see another day and if he permits us to wake up then we're able to you know give God the glory and that it actually hurts me a lot when young people say that because growing up um I was friends with this um this girl and we moved away um in elementary school 
but we still kept in contact. And in high school, her freshman year, she missed the school bus. And she was, and most of the time her mom would drop her off and she missed the school bus. But that day she decided to walk. And as she was crossing the street to like get into school, a car hit her and that was her last breath. And then that morning, her mom thought she would see her child again later. She thought she would see her mom later, but she was there one second and gone the next. And her mother was just like, why didn't I just drop her off? And that's the thing with that young people need to understand. Like, it's not about your health or your age. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like, no one knows the way that they're going to go out. But it, what you do now is what matters. Yeah. I think that's, like, perfectly well said because because we think that as young people we often think that you know death is reserved for the old and the sickly Mm -hmm. but it's really not because you know death is no respect of any persons it's it is really by grace that we wake up again we are really not guaranteed or really deserving of oh i'm gonna get another day so all our plans that we make is also the glory of god which is why when we give our life to Christ and we dedicate our life and we purpose in our hearts that we will live for Christ is really the sooner the better because we ourselves don't even know what's going to happen to us. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And I also believe that like, um, it's because <laughs> this generation is like a microwave generation in a sense. So people want things now. Um, they want things now rather than like having to work for it and um, I'm guilty of that like I hate having to wait and I hate when someone tells me no but like that's something I'm constantly working on and like God just tells us to first seek, seek the kingdom of God and everything else will follow afterwards but that whole idea of like seeking and that that means we have to be patient it's like it's hard for young people nowadays to like actually comprehend. Um, like we lack patience as a generation and we feel entitled when we haven't done nothing um, to feel that and to feel entitled entitled to um, what we're asking for. Um, there are many ways like we like there are many ways like we can obtain something, but but it won't be profitable profitable to us. Like we want um God to like move when we want him to move, but then when he asks us to move, it's like, oh, let me find another alternative. Yeah. And we want to we were looking for the short term, like, what can I get now? Like, what do I have access to rather than like looking at the long term and what we can obtain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really like instant gratification versus delayed gratification mm-hmm. you want everything on our fingertips but like i think what the example that you give is really good like we want god to answer our prayers right then right now and then we get frustrated when we think that he's not answering but when god asks us for something then we start to make up excuses and we start to delay and it really is like god isn't a genie like yeah. he is god in his own right and he moves according to what he wants to move so like I think what she said is really like well defined and really great and the last thing that um I came up with as to why um 
young people might not really be serious well um or want to get serious with god is is fear like fear i believe and there's different forms of fear um the first one that i want to like touch up touch on touch up on is um is the first sorry the first one i want to touch up touch up on is that like we believe that um people um Sorry, my thing keeps breaking up. But um, it's fear. So some people fear what people are going to say about them. Yeah. And living in a generation that um, being a Christian right now was not popular and we're being ridiculed or you're outcast, it's either they would, it's either it's best for them to deny it and not even get involved with it or they'll do the bare minimum and by bare minimum i mean like and by bare minimum i mean saying um i'm a christian with your lips but your actions are far from that and then the other fear is that um some of us believe that we're not good enough and that um we have to be at a certain level of holiness in order for god to use us but it's important to understand that God didn't come to use those who are already righteous, but he came for those who are heavy, heavy, um, heavy burdened, those who are, those who are sinful, like those, those who are not like, don't, um, they don't think that they're, they're better off in life. Mm-hmm. He came for those who actually need a helper, because how can you help someone if they think they already, they already have it all? A person that has it all doesn't see the purpose of a relationship with another person. They feel like people need to depend on them. So I feel like that um, that is another type of fear that people, um, people, young people nowadays deal with as well. The need to like to be holy and um, before coming into God's presence because one of the devil's tactics is constantly reminding you of your wrongs and this and the, all the bad things that you've done that sometimes you feel so filthy to come before him mm. but when you come to come before him he removes that filthy rag and puts on a new clothes on you so i feel like it's a, it's a it's important that anyone that is listening to understand that he's not looking for your perfection he's not looking for you to get your life right before you come to him he, all he's asking for you is to come to him, to give him that chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, like, again, like, we don't have to be perfect to come to God. In him, we become perfect. We become, well, not perfect, we become righteous. Mm-hmm. Because I forgot where it is in the Bible, but it says that the good deeds of man is compared to filthy rags in the sight of God like the things that we think that we do is morally right it's nothing it's not even good in the sight of God so really you thinking that you're perfect whatever mindset or whatever um yeah whatever mindset that you may think that you're perfect in it's not perfect to God it's actually filthy because you are arrogant you may have pride in you and you're not in the image that God wants to have you have and also we know that God keeps on calling and calling and calling many of us. 
but the thing is that there may be there may come a time when God stops calling and I believe in um, Psalms chapter 81 verse 8 to 12 it says hear O my people and I will admonish you O Israel if you listen to me there shall, there shall be no foreign God among you nor, not, nor shall you worship any foreign God I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt open your mouth wide and I will fill it but this is the part I want us to pay attention to, verse 11. But my people would not heed my voice, and Israel would have none of me. So I gave them over to their stubborn heart to walk in their own counsel. So there's going to be a time where, you know, when Christ is knocking on the doors of our hearts, there's going to be a time where it's like, you know what, this person's not answering me. So whatever you want to do, go ahead and do it. And again, like, think about it, we're all going to be responsible for what we've done on earth. And it's all going to be, during the day of judgment, it's all going to be shown to us. So there is no reason, and we, we, can't, we can't even say when we're in heaven and we're getting judged, we can't say that there, is, there hasn't been an opportunity where God hasn't reached out to, for, for us to draw near to him because this, he's going to literally show us every single time that he has called us, but we chose to ignore it. So I think it's like, really, just lay down your idea of what you think is perfect or what you think you have to be to get to God, but just answer the call that God has. And then when you answer, he will just take care of the rest. Yeah. And uh, what's it called? One of one of my favorite memory verses um, that I like, it's also John 15, 16. And he's like, the first part is like, really what just stands out. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Mm-hmm. It's like, it just comes to it. Like, you don't have to do anything. He already chose you. Like, he fell in love with you the moment he did. He decided to create you. Like, he already, like, chose you. So there's nothing that you have to work towards. You. All he's asking for you is to just allow him in. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my next question for you is... Why is this concept or this mindset of waiting to your order to get more serious about your relationship with God? Why is that a problem in the sight of God? <laughs> so the way I like to think of it is like, okay, like put yourself in God's shoe. And even you putting yourself in God's shoe isn't it won't even be able to like you can't it won't you won't be able to comprehend how he feels. Like think of how you're feeling and then multiply it by the highest number that you can think of. So the way I think of it is like, as a person, no one likes to be taken granted, granted of, especially when you're you're keeping a 100, you know? Mm-hmm. It's very like hurtful and disrespectful. Like no matter what you do, you are not enough. Yeah. But you yourself know that like, you are more than enough. And that is God, God is more than enough. Mm-hmm. So, What's it called? We know that in Exodus and like Deuteronomy that our God is a jealous God and he is jealous for us. But like, sometimes I feel like we know that so we take granted of it. Mm-hmm. And um, he's so jealous of us that like, also like in Ze- Ze- Zechariah chapter two, verse eight, that he says, for, the, um, for thou says the Lord of hosts, he sent me after glory to the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Mm-hmm. And 
like he valued he values us so much but but we disregard the one who gives us value you know and this is wrong and this is wrong in the like the sight of god because god tells us that he would never leave nor forsake us but we constantly forsake him Mm -hmm. and um we constantly forsake him and it's also important to understand that like god can choose that we no longer cease to exist but he's a god of his word and his promise that when he made that covenant that he would never never destroy mankind mankind again that he has kept to that promise so um it's important to understand that god doesn't need us to exist he's god all by himself so although it may it may hurt him at the end of the day he is god by himself and i feel like that's what people need to understand like with or without us he is god yeah and um what's it called in luke when um luke 19 when jesus rode on the donkey into town right mm-hmm. and the and the people were praising him and the pharisees were like oh um tell your tell your people to like you know stop like tell your disciples to stop and then he said um if they stop like i assure you like immediately the stones will begin to cry out mm. so he he like is is hurtful and it's a problem because you're constantly advocating for people who do not reciprocate that same type of love or that um that need to have that relationship so the way i see it is that yes it's very disrespectful and at the end of the day as young people and as christians in general we have to understand that with with or without us god still continues to exist and he continues to be god because he was god in the beginning he is god now and he's going to be god forever he just chooses to love us and he chooses to give us multiple chances but we shouldn't take advantage of that yeah and also um one thing that i kind of recognize is actually a point about how this is a problem in the sight of God is that I kind of think that it's a form of idol worshiping mm-hmm. in the sense of you are lifting because really what idol worshiping is when you raise anything or anyone above God so the place of God should be first in your life always but it becomes idol worshiping when you raise anything or anyone above the side of God so now you are raising what you believe your thoughts your emotions the lifestyle that you think you want to live your own emotions or your own wants and desires above God and you are placing that because you are placing God on the back burner you don't really care about him so now everything you're just fostering and fueling everything towards what you think you want to do hence placing God in the back burner again being very disrespectful towards God the one who made you and the one that can take your life in one minute you know yeah so for um the listeners out there what are some what is some advice or what are some points that you can give to them about if they want to perhaps get more serious of God or want to take their walk with God they want to be more purposeful with their walk with God what is some advice that you can give to them so my advice that I want to give to them is first of all take baby steps like 
there's no there's no need to rush into it. Yes. Take baby steps and acknowledge where you are and ask God to step in. Um because you can't do it on your own. And until you ask him for help, it's all it's going to feel like you have the weight of the world on your shoulder. Yeah. And he says, "Cast your burdens onto me because he cares." Like he's telling you to like let him step in to help you. I so I also believe it's important to be consistent. Um this is in like reading your word and praying and fasting and just fellowship. That's that, that's like just being consistent. And even me as a um as a Christian now and I've been following God for as long as I can remember. Um that this is something I have to always remind myself. Like you know, we wake up sometimes we just want to check what is on our timeline and all this and that but like just take a moment and just thank God because once again it's only by his grace that you are here and read in his word and you might not understand his word but if you ask him to give you insight he does give you insight so i believe being constant is very important mm. also it's important that you like you apply God's word like do not just hear and talk about it but like accept in his love his trust and his promises because as you as you begin to live in his word like you like I, like you begin to understand who you are in Christ like you are the you are the head and never the tail like you are first and never last like you are the apple of his eye so when things get difficult like you know that yes I have a father who is there for me through thin and thick like there's nothing that can separate me from the love of Christ mm-hmm. and as you begin to walk in his promises and his love you begin to understand who you really are in Christ and the, it's it's harder for the en- enemy to penetrate through those thoughts also um i believe it's important to surround yourself with like-minded people like other believers um like they say like iron sharpens iron because there're going to be times where you're going to fall and there's going to be times when you're at your lowest place and God brings people into our lives to help us and it's okay to need help mm-hmm. like i hate the idea of feeling vulnerable but like as i've been, as i've been walking with God like i've realized that he he's made me a little bit more vulnerable. I allow people in and when when I am low, I know those who I can reach out to and they will help me to lift up my spirit. They remind me of his word, they remind me of his promises and his love. Yeah. And I also believe that is it's okay to admit that you're struggling. I think that's one thing that um as Christians and believers you have to understand. It's okay to admit that you're struggling. Um the more you keep it in the more that you feel defeated and the more that the enemy continues to use that to fight against you um and last last of all the most important is to trust god mm-hmm. trust god through it all because if you don't trust him you start doing things on your own way on your own will but his will is better than our will and his plans are better than our plans so it's important to trust God through it all and that um in trusting him you have to also learn how to tune um things out people out because people are always going to try to define who you are try to 
tell you um tell you all these things that does not define you or try to make you feel bad as a person but setting your eyes on him and trust in him god will do the rest yeah i think that's like wonderful advice um just to add on to that and i think in every christian um walk there comes a point where you kind of realize that what the world has to offer you is not good yes superficially it may seem good but what comes out of it is pain loneliness hurt and you kind of feel deceived because you think that this life that you aim for you dream for it's going to be perfect it's going to grant you happiness but you realize that only true joy can come from a walk only true joy can come from Christ. Only true happiness and living a content and peaceful life can come from God. And I think that's something that we all need to come to and realize. And also, um, just to encourage other people out there, um, to me, I kind of think about this as a friendship. There, I have some friends that I was like, dang, I kind of wish that I interacted with you or I made more of a per- I made more effort to like hang out with you and talk with you earlier in our relationship because like our relationship could have been like way further by now and I think that's also could be applied in this like why way where you can just start this relationship and then by the end or like when you're looking 20 40 years from now just see how large and see how well the relationship with God has grown instead of starting later in life and now you're a baby in Christ where you could have been a giant already you feel yeah and to add to that like what's it called going back to the whole idea of um I wait until I'm older to um pursue God um there's this famous um where it says like the graveyard is the richest place on earth because it's where it's, it's here that you find all the hopes and dreams that were never fulfilled the books that were never written and the songs that were never sung the inventions that were never shared the cures that were never discovered all because someone was too afraid to so i believe like don't wait until you're older because like i said tomorrow is not promised to you and don't be afraid to test God because if you show up, God will always show up. Yeah. And he has gifted us so many things like in us. And if you wait until you're older, you may not be able to use your giftings to the best or you could you could have achieved so much more. But because of fear of being ridiculed, fear of, of letting go, like we all hate to be vulnerable, but what do you have to lose like if you trust in him and he shows up what do you have to lose but if you gain the whole world and lose your soul in the end you have nothing Mm. yeah and um just like closing remarks as we bring the podcast to a close again like first said i just i feel like one thing that really helped me was oftentimes I felt like and I know many other people felt like this too that you are abandoning like your friends and a certain lifestyle that you that you live but just talking to God and saying that I'm leaving this because I believe that your will is greater just provide a way for me that 
I won't go, I won't, like, I would have joy in you, and I would have peace in you, and I think that through your walk, you will will actually find the peace that actually surpasses human understanding, and you will find joy, and then you'll find a community around you that supports you and truly cherishes you, and in that, you'll find out the greatness and what it really means to be in a relationship with God, and what it really means to truly commune with God. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so this is the end of our podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Um, do you have any closing remarks, Kev? My closing remark is just be you and trust God because at the end of the day, people will always try to define you. But the only person that defines you and gives you your value is God. And that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. Stay safe and God bless you.